0: Well, welcome to another uh, study of the book of Proverbs. And today, actually, we're in chapter 1, verse 8, and we're going to read from verse 8 to verse 19, and it's going to be talking about uh, the authority of parents, but also the enticement of, uh, of sinners, of people who will encourage you or desire that you do evil. So let's read the text, and we'll begin in chapter 1 and verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, if they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol, even whole as those who go down to the pit. We will find all kinds of precious wealth. We will fill our houses with spoil. Throw in your lot with us. We shall all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path. For their feet run to evil, and and they hasten to shed blood. Indeed, it is useless to spread the baited net in the sight of any bird. But they lie and wait, wait for their own blood. They ambush their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who gains by violence. It takes away the life of its possessors. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear father, I thank you again for this great privilege to uh, teach from your word. And I pray Lord for for myself that you would use me that I would correctly interpret your scripture correctly apply it and communicate it. Father, I pray for those who are going to hear, especially for the young people, that Lord, you would teach them to walk in a way that is marked by life, by righteousness, by peace, to know you and your son, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Father, please help us help us now in Jesus name amen okay today uh, we're going to try to look at the first two verses and uh, let's read them again Hear, my son your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching indeed they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck now let's look at the first word hear. okay this word in in Hebrew means a lot more than it does for us today in English It comes from the Hebrew word shama, um, and it carries with it the idea of not simply hearing. Have you ever heard someone say you can can hear something, but you're not listening? You're not paying attention? Well, this word means not only to, to hear, and not only to pay attention to what you hear, but to take it to heart, to make it part of you, to become in agreement with it, and to obey it so he's not just saying you know hear me out on this he's saying I'm going to teach you God's commands and you need to you need to take them as your own and you need to walk in them you need to walk in obedience to the Lord and how do we do that again it's not through our emotions or the way we think in our own mind but it is according to the word of God now I want us to look at a passage and and keep your place in Proverbs, okay? And I want you to go to a passage we've been to, I think, once already. I want you to go to the book of James. And I really want you young students to have your Bible out in front of you, And And why is that? Because everything that is taught, you need to learn to discern through your reading of scripture. Is this thing being taught? Is it is it true? Even with someone who who is trustworthy or desires to be trustworthy, you, you have to realize we're all fallible men and women and boys and girls. And so we need to have our Bibles open. Now, let's go to James chapter 1, verse 22. He says, But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Now, he's talking specifically about the relationship that we have with the word of God. And he's saying, if you say that you have a relationship with the word of God and you say that you're hearing, but you don't do what you hear, then you're deluded, you're wrong, you're deceived when you think you have a correct relationship with the word of God. Because always in Christianity, and this is the difficult part, what we say we believe is proven by how it impacts our daily life. Not that not that student, not that we're talking about perfection. I'm certainly not perfect. But that we're talking about a style of life in which we're seeking to submit to God's word. And then he goes on and he says in verse 23, For if anyone is a hearer of of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Now, all of us are kind of that way. You know, um, I myself, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be reading in the Bible in the morning and sometimes have difficulty um, maintaining the concentration I need. And then when I walk away from Scripture, how, how quickly we're prone to forget things, what we, what we even studied that morning. And that's why repetition, constantly studying the Word of God. And he goes on and he says, He has immediately forgotten what kind, it says verse 24, for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. We look at the word, we say, yes, that's what I need to do. We walk out the door and forget. And, And don't think if you do that, you're unusual. And don't think that someone like me doesn't do it. That's why we study God's word. And that's why this is a discipline that is for our entire life. And maybe not over the weeks or months, but over the years, we begin to see a difference in our life if we make that kind of investment. So to be a hearer of the word is to be a doer of the word. Now, something very, very important. Uh, I hope your parents are with you. If they're not, maybe you want to call them into the room. But here's something very important. Parents, look at this. He says, hear my son, your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. We're going to see that parents have authority to teach their children, not to manipulate their children, not to coerce their children, but to teach them. But you need to understand, you and I, we have authority only to the degree that we know the word of God and we teach the word of God. Your children are a stewardship and they are very precious. You say, yes, they're precious to me. Well, that's good, but they're precious to God. And God takes very seriously the raising of children. He also takes very seriously. uh, He looks at great displeasure with the abuse of authority and authority using manipulation, whether it's religious authority, parental authority, governmental authority. And so if we're going to teach our children, we ourselves need to study God's word and submit to God's word. And when we don't, when we fail, we need to admit it and confess it and ask for forgiveness. Yes, even from our our youngest child. And so as we're going along here, I want you to know as parents, as as well as I have to remind myself as a preacher, you have authority only to the degree that you correctly interpret and proclaim God's word. And it's a tremendous responsibility, a tremendous responsibility. If people knew the responsibility that comes with authority in God's eyes, they would probably not want authority so much. Now, also, when it when we're going to talk about the need for children to obey their parents, I, I want you to realize this, parents and children, that this is in the setting of a normal family. <laughs> and what is a normal family? It, it's not perfect, is it? I mean, um, we're just not. We make mistakes, we sin, we have to go back and we have to ask for forgiveness. We have to start all over again. We're not a perfect family. This is in the context of a normal family that's not perfect, but struggles with the, basically the problems that uh, that everyone have to deal with. Now, we are not talking about a parental authority that is abusive, um, manipulative, coercive, unbiblical, unlawful, not at all. And so in every case, we simply don't submit to authority because someone claims to have authority. Those who have authority must rule. Governments must rule according to good laws. Parents must uh, direct their children and teach their children only that which is proper and good, beneficial, life-giving, you see. And so I really needed to say that to the parents. Be very careful. Be very cautious, very cautious. Always remember that we ought to treat our children with the same respect that we give to an adult. We ought to teach, we ought to be patient, we ought to be kind, and we ought to be willing to repeat and repeat and repeat. Now, here's another thing that I want to deal with is when I talk to children, young kids, teenagers, and I say, you know, you need to honor your mother and your father. And uh, sometimes that means obeying them when you don't agree. Um, Children will always ask, well, what if my dad wants me to blow up the Empire State Building? And I always ask them this question, well, when was the last time your dad asked you to do something like that? Because maybe we ought to call the authorities. And the fact of the matter is, yes, there are parents that can be abusive, unbiblical, unlawful. But for the most part, children, that's not our problem. Our problem is when our parents tell us to go to bed early, to get up early, to do our homework, to act right at school, to do our chores around the house, and to be kind to our brothers and sisters. So see, these are the things God's talking about. And so let's not try to uh, get out of this command just because there are some extraordinary instances out there where we shouldn't obey. Now, I hope I've made myself clear on that. Now, I want you to look. So hear my son, your father's instructions. Here's something very important, fathers. You're supposed to teach your children. You are. We'll talk about that later. Now, I want to make something very clear, especially to parents that are homeschooling and they're really serious about teaching their children. I want you to know something that there is a place for teaching the Bible in the family. But that does not mean that that takes priority over the teaching of elders in a church. Family is wonderful, and it's an institution created by God. And in that family, fathers and mothers should be teaching their children. Yet at the same time, we should not neglect at all the assembling of ourselves together as a congregation and sitting under biblical preaching and teaching of godly Elders and teachers. Okay, so let's go on. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Now, this word instruction has already come up uh, a few times in in our study of Proverbs. In verse two, we find it. In verse three, in verse seven. Now, it refers to moral instruction primarily. That is, how are we supposed to live? Not only a relationship to God. Uh, with obedience and reverence, but also in relationship with other people. How should we treat them? With love, with patience, you see, with kindness, doing unto others as we would have them do unto us, with respect, even when we disagree, even when we disagree, maybe especially when we disagree. So it has to do with moral instruction. Now this is not only teaching but it's also like rules of behavior. Now, uh, I want to say something here. Rules are not created just to obey. That's, that's a fallacy, many people think. Rules are created to transform character. Because as you obey certain rules, you create behavior, and it begins to mold your character, and that's what it's talking about here. That fathers teaching their children, yes, that what the scriptures say, the commands of scripture, the precepts, the wisdom of scripture, all of those things, but in a way that it is going to conform their character so that it actually it becomes a part of them. Now, this moral instruction, I've written down a few things here, and I just want to, you know, what are what what types of things do they include? Well, let's look at some respecting your parents, respecting your other brothers and sisters, respecting them, honoring them, Um, going to bed early, getting up early, Um, cleanliness. You know, people say cleanliness is next to godliness. Actually, it's not. But cleanliness is very important the the way that we present ourselves our rooms our possessions uh what we own everything is a reflection of what we think about god um diligence in schoolwork and and chores you know there's always these you know these exaggerations aren't there you know um I'm just going to study academics and I don't care about scripture or the other extreme. I care about scripture. I don't need to study academics. No, you need to study everything that is part of God's world. Everything. And you need to do so to the glory of God. Yes, you do mathematics to the glory of God. Science was intended to do for the glory of God and honoring your, your brother and your sister for the glory of God. You see? And then um, chores. Hopefully, your parents have given you chores. You know, we, we start ours out, you know, pretty young. You know, uh, a little video that my wife sent me about a year and a half ago of our two-year-old. And uh, she was teaching her how to take the laundry out of the wash uh, the, the wash machine and, and put it in the dryer. Just little things. All of us should have responsibilities around the home. And we'll maybe get to that later. But especially for you teenagers, let me, let me share with you something. Your mom is not your slave. Clean your room. Take care of your bathroom. Learn how to do stuff around the house. As a matter of fact, she's your boss. And you need to learn to do things. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. All right. Let's go on. Also, things like restraint from, from television from cell phones, from media, from computer. Now notice what I said. Not all these things are bad at all the time. No, they're not. And you're not a holy person because you simply separate yourself from everything in the world and live in a cave. You're a holy person because you know how to use even the things that are in this world. You know how to use them with right intentions with moderation and with discipline, that they, they don't control you. And, and everybody, even secular experts, are, are very, very fearful. Secular means that they're not speaking religiously. They're very concerned about the impact that media, and what I'm talking about primarily here for you young people is, you know, um, this virtual reality. Uh, of cyberspace and the computer and video games and just being on your phone and texting and Instagram and all these different things. It it seems like they're eroding our ability to enjoy the real world and real people that are actually standing in front of us. So he's going to, the goal of a father is to teach instruction. Now father's a lot of times I will be talking to a group of men and I'll say, how many of you are homeschool dads? And so many will raise their hands. And then I ask this question. Now let's rephrase the question. How many are you? How many of you are actually men that are married to homeschool moms? Now, here's the thing. Whether you homeschool or not, fathers, you are to take a very, very active role in the instruction of your children. And you must understand that. And guess what, dads? This is true all the way around. Your sons need you. And if you're not involved in their life, they'll replace you with somebody. They need you. But now here's the big truth you need to hear, dads. I've I've come to believe that my daughters need me more than my sons. Do not, do not do that. Do not segregate. Your daughters need you. And they need to do stuff with you. And they need to be instructed by you. And they need to have you in their life and if you're not they will replace you with someone else and don't complain when they do okay so my sons need me my daughters need me need me more so um, so as he's talking about instruction and he's talking here about the instruction of a father now we're gonna end there we didn't get very far I I never do um, we're going to end there and we're going to pick up with this last part which is and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Now we've laid down uh, a lot of foundations so we'll probably be able to get to, to verse 9 also. Not that the mother's teaching is of less importance because we're going to see it is very important. So um, God bless you and I'll see you in the next lesson. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about Heart Cry Missionary Society.